This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Christmas is fast upon us. We're in week three of Advent. Where's that gone already? Crackers, isn't it? Just crackers. Anyway, I'll try. If you could try and keep up today, that would be helpful, because I think otherwise we could be struggling. Um, We're going over to Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. Um, And as I say, we're in week three of Advent. um, And we had our um, lunch or Christmas dinner yesterday. And now we're at the point where we are on the actual official countdown. There are 11, 10 more sleeps. 10 more sleeps. I haven't bought a single thing yet. Not a thing for my dearest wife. She, can she still hear? I don't know why I'm doing that. Like, that would stop it. <laughs> Terrible. Not bought her anything yet. Don't tell her, all right? I'm trusting you now. She's told me what she wants. A couple of times, I'll be honest with you, I should have wrote it down. <laughs> I should have wrote it down. It was one of them where, what do you want for Christmas? Right, I've told you twice. You are funny. No, she went, no, I have. I went, oh. (laughs) So if, if, you know, ladies, should you (laughs) just pull in alongside her and saying, you know, what have you asked Matt for for Christmas? And then dropping me a text, all right? I'd be grateful. I'd be grateful. Um, So we've journeyed so far, um, and we've seen, uh, back on the first Sunday of Advent, the prophet Isaiah tell us about this coming Messiah some 700 years before the events. Um, And then last Sunday, if you remember, we saw Elizabeth and Zechariah hear from God that they were going to be parents. They were going to have a son, even in their old age, when it was seemingly impossible for them to have a child. We know then that John was on his way. John, who was referred to as John the Baptist, who would prepare the way for this coming Messiah. And we catch it today, the story so far, in chapter 1 and verse 26. And unless we had had last week the very first few words of of this part of Scripture, wouldn't make much sense. But just have in your mind then that Elizabeth, who we talked about last week, she is in her sixth month of pregnancy, I believe her second trimester. Thanks. I'm grateful that the ladies in the room went, that's quite impressive. Is that actually right? (laughs) The doctor is nodding. (laughs) I think you Anyway, so listen to this, verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. We know those characters, don't we? A descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high God. 
the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. When Elizabeth, your relative, is going, even your uh, Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. If you're an underliner or a highlighter, highlight 37, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary answered, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left. What faith, eh? Let's just pray. Lord, we just want to thank you for your word and, Father, for the truth that it represents. Father, for the truth of Scripture. And we pray now, Lord, as we just dig into this story a little bit, that you'll just help our hearts to align with what's going off here, with the understanding that the Messiah was about to come through this lady in such a way that would seem impossible, but Father, we've already heard that with you all things are possible. And we pray, Lord God, that you would just open up our hearts and our minds, that you would speak through me, Lord, that we might hear what you've got to say to us this morning. For these things we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So this is one of them moments, isn't it, where everything changes. You know the song? I try this most weeks, and what... I don't know whether it's just me, but I have a song. If, if somebody says something, a song is there immediately. So when I say everything, everything changes but you, see that? Immediately. You know what I mean? No? If somebody's called Eileen. Anyway, I've digressed, but the song is there immediately. Anyway. And this is one of those moments where, as I say, everything changes. It's a jaw-dropping moment, a moment where impossible meets God, who is the God of the impossible, and he makes all things possible. That was a tongue twister. I thought we did very well. But the angel Gabriel comes to Mary on God's orders and tells her that she is about to have a son. Verse 30 and verse 33. But the angel of the Lord said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and be called Son of the Most High God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. I have got so many questions. And I mean so many. Put yourself in Mary's shoes. The angel's just like, boom. Don't be afraid. This is what's about to happen. And Mary's like, yeah. So back to your first point. She says this, verse 34. How will this be, Mary asked, since I'm a virgin? 
Now, when you take all of that into consideration that's just been told to her, this is completely and utterly impossible. And she's not thinking, no, what's the impossible? Well, the impossible, not the Messiah, who she's going to call Jesus, not the Messiah, who will be great and will be called the Son of God, not that he will reign on David's throne forever and his kingdom will never end, not any of that, just the bit that says you're about to have a child. And she's like, "Mm, you've overlooked something. Her jaw has dropped and she's going to now say this is seemingly, completely and utterly impossible. I love these moments in scripture. These are the bits in scripture, they're the cliffhanger moments where you think how is this even possible? How is God going to bring about something that you and I know completely of human nature, completely of this world is impossible? You know, Moses, you'll go and get my people and you'll lead them out of Egypt and my nation will be free. This is God to Moses. That's what's going to happen. And Moses is like, back to your first point, God, I'm not very good at speaking. And then you've got uh, Gideon. He's like, the angel comes to him and says, Gideon, you are God's mighty warrior. And you are going to rescue, you are going to free, and you are going to judge my people. You're going to do all that, Gideon. And he's like, yeah. I'm scared of my own shadow. Here's the guy hiding in the wine press out the way, petrified. And then Saul, he was quite a brave chap. And he was like, I am on my way to Damascus and I'm going to get Philip. I'm going to drag him back to Jerusalem. and I'm going to put him in prison. If he kicks and screams, I'll just kill him. That's what I'm going to do. And God says, no, I'm going to change your name to Paul. And you are going to start and to bring the church. You are going to bring my good news to the world, to the Gentiles. That's what you're going to do, Paul. And he's like... Just wait one minute. Literally 20 minutes ago, I was persecuting the church. It's completely, seemingly, utterly impossible. Yet we worship a God of the possible, don't we? We worship a God who is not interested in what we say is impossible. Why? Well, because he put the stars into space. He knit you and me together in our mother's womb. He knows every hair upon our head. He knows the intricate details of you and your life. He cares enough to know. He knows and he cares. This is the God that we worship, not a God that's far off. Not a God that's a long way away. Not a God that we have to go and seek out. But a God who is omnipresent, which means he is everywhere all of the time. So if I'm in my van driving somewhere, he's with me. If I'm at home, he's with me. If I'm driving from one house to the other house, amen, church, he's with me. I'm grateful for that as well. It was a big van. But all of these things, we have to realize that we worship a God who is the God of the impossible. He makes the impossible possible. Jesus himself said it in Matthew 19, verse 26. With man, it's impossible. But with God, underline all things are possible. But it's not possible, God. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Amen? Yes, it is. 
But you see, because for you it might be impossible, but with God all things are possible. And we all at some point, in some way, at some time, face the seemingly, completely and utterly impossible. And these things might be good. You know the good type of impossible? They also might be bad. The bad type of impossible. You know the things that have cropped up in your own life and in your own walk. And each of those things bring across different emotions and feelings, whether they're exciting or whether they're daunting, whether you're petrified at what's about to come. I can't imagine for a second that Mary was like, yay. Just think about it for a minute, because we, we dehumanize the situation. As Aubrey uh, led us to understand this morning, she would be in a place where that was a point of stoning. We don't live in our times where it's acceptable. It wasn't acceptable within the world, I quote. It was unacceptable completely and utterly. And this young lady who is betrothed to a husband, it is not the thing to do. Mary, you're going to have a child. She's like, I'm a virgin. Almost like, please, <laughs> what is happening? You know, put yourself in the position and think what the world would be saying to her. The things that would go through her mind, the fear, the absolute fear. But something has to shift in order to get her to the next stage. And if we're in tune with God, and that really is the question, the if, if we're in tune with God, then we have to listen. Because it's easy to miss, isn't it? For you and me, we think, okay, on my day-to-day, -day, how much time am I spending with the Lord? How much time am I spending in his word? How much time am I spending just reflecting on all that he's done for me? How much time do we give to God on a day-to-day -day basis? There's only you and him can answer that question. Everybody else in here would judge you until they realize their own position. Because we, we so often think that, well, at least, you know, I read my Bible couple of times a month and stuff like that you know better than him down the road he hasn't even got a bible you know and I spend time worshiping I come to church but the question is are we in tune with God how much time are we spending to make sure that our relationship with him is in a position where we are in tune with him we are in tune with what we, he's got to say. Because if we are, then we're in a position where we can listen. We're in a position where we can lean in and see what he has said. So as the jaw has dropped and every emotion under the sun is racing through Mary's bones, and in our own walk, as every emotion is racing through our bones in positions where it is impossible, and we say, Lord, what's going off here? How can I possibly get past the first bit, even though you've told me everything? You see what happens when you listen? How can I get past the first bit when you've told me everything? Connect the dots. You see, because I can get past the first bit. Why? Because he's told me everything. And you say, well, that would be a nice position to be in. You've got to listen. Because I'm pretty sure the word of God says that Jesus Christ will build his church and the gates of hell won't stand against it. Amen? How do I get past the first bit? Oh, they don't need another church in Gainsborough. They don't need one. 
You're not welcome here. You'll never find a building. Nobody will ever come. How do I get past the verse bit? Because Christ will build his church and the gates of hell won't stand against it. You see, we get past the first bit when we listen. We get past the first bit when we understand. We get past the first bit when God said to Gideon, Oh, Gideon, you mighty warrior. Gideon was like, not a chance. Gideon, no, I'm telling you, Gideon, you are a mighty warrior. Listen to the first bit. All of the stuff that's about to follow, you, my friend, are a mighty warrior, and I'm going to use you greatly. doesn't matter how eloquent we are. It doesn't matter how tall we are. It doesn't matter how good-looking we are. It doesn't matter whether we're the youngest or the oldest. It doesn't matter how rich or how poor we are. God is in the business of changing lives, amen? God is in the business of using ordinary people just like you and me. And Mary, this young girl, in the middle of seemingly absolutely nowhere, was about to have the Messiah, our salvation. She was about to give birth to Jesus Christ. How staggering is that? And the only reason that that was going to happen and happen through Mary, as the prophet had said was going to happen, is because Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Well, I clung to that verse on Thursday and Friday, I tell you that. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. The Lord has set out a salvation plan, Mary. You know it because you have been and you have understood. Now lean in and listen. Because we worship, you and I, we worship a God of the impossible. We don't want to let our faith limit our expectation of what he can do. And Alistair and I have been chatting over the past few weeks that we worship a God who is a God of miracles, the God of the miraculous, the God that can change things even when it's completely impossible for things to be changed. We worship that God, but we have to live that life too. God, you can do it. I can't see how you could possibly do it. In fact, if I try, it's going to go very wrong. But I worship a God who is a God of the impossible. So I can drill down into that knowing because of what your word says that we will overcome. Why? Because he has already overcome. Because we know the word of God. Because we're rooted in what the word of God says. And because we're living it out in our lives. And then because Mary understood. Because Mary had listened. And she had that moment where she was like, no, that's impossible. Then listen Listen to what she then says. Verse 38. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. She said, I am the Lord's servant. What about you this morning? What about you? Are we just bumbling along day to day? Or are we rooted in his word that says, Lord, I am ready. I am available. Whatever it is that you need to do, that you want to do, Lord, if you would be willing to use me, I'm here. Not for my glory, Lord, but for yours. Mary was willing to say, okay, if that's what's got to happen, then let it happen. Church, that is faith, isn't it? Faith being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. And we can understand then through the eye of faith that even the impossible is possible. And you and I, as Philippians 4.13 says, we can do all things through him 
who gives us strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? Let's pray. Father, this morning we are just astounded by faith, by understanding, by, Father, the fact that Mary was willing to step into what was seemingly impossible, what was seemingly unknown, what was seemingly dread and fear. Father, you have made a way. And, Father, the very salvation of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ, played out through that lady who said, I'm available. And, Father, we pray this morning that you might help us to have that faith that says, Lord, you can do it. You can bring about healing and restoration. Father, you can bring about the spreading of your gospel into the far reaches of this town and any other town in and throughout the world. Father, you can do the impossible. And Lord, we root ourselves, we ground ourselves in that truth this morning. Father, we worship you, a God who is a God of the miraculous. Lord, that we should be here Father, from all different walks, from all different places, all over the world, Lord, we are here this morning with that one thing in common, that we know and we love the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, this morning, that if there's anybody here that doesn't yet know you as Lord and Saviour, that Father, that their hearts might be softened, that the walls that we build up around them might crumble down, and that your Holy Spirit would move and that lives might be changed. Father, here at Hope Church, we want to share the gospel. Here at Hope Church, we want to love people, and I pray that you'll help us to do that. Father, you'll help us to do that with a heart that says, you've got this, Lord. You're in control. Not our will, Father, but yours. And Lord, we worship you this morning. We lift your name high. And as we close together now, as we worship together, just bless us, Lord, as we sing, as we magnify your name. Father, you are worthy of praise. Bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.